Apollo Cult. We are back today, and I am stoked on the episode that is getting ready to be recorded right now. Uh, we are here with our friend Sean Clinn, and he has decided to come on the show and share with us some stories of Navajo folklore, legends, skinwalker legends, and it is going to be awesome. So stoked. Um, Sean Clint, it's all yours, my friend. Aho, aho. Good to see you guys. Good to meet you guys. Happy Likewise. to be on here. Happy to spread some tales uh, to you and your followers about a topic that a lot of times isn't uh, talked about a lot. I guess you can say in our tribe, in our, in our traditions, you're not really supposed to talk about these things. And I, like how I always say in my videos, Unless you know how to go against these beings, you know, um, it's always kind of taboo to talk about them. But I'll make sure you guys and all your listeners out there at least have some knowledge of what we're dealing with and how to kind of protect yourself against these beings. Because I'm in an age to where I don't want to fear these things anymore. I don't want to run from darkness. I don't want to hide from them and always be underneath their boot. You know, there's a time and a place to where you just need to stand up and go against the darkness and protect those you love and everyone around you. So happy to be here, y'all. Love it. Absolutely love it. Dude. Stoked. I'm stoked. <laughs> what what got you into all of this? Like where did so, it all start for you? Yeah. So all this honestly started as far as for an indigenous person. The paranormal life, I guess you can say, in the Western world starts out when you're a child. Uh, for us indigenous people, you always go to ceremonies. You always interact with spiritual beings and deities from a very young age. So in these ceremonies, you go in there with the mindset of you're going to pray for yourself. You're going to pray for your family. And whatever spirits may come to you, may give you a vision, may speak with you, give you dreams or something like that they'll come to you like that and to give you inspiration knowledge or guidance in your life and so there's so many different types of ceremonies that are out there and just learning to live with the land learning to live with everything that's around you is a part of the indigenous lifestyle so you acknowledge you know the sky the earth the wind the clouds the rain the sun the moon the stars everything that goes around in this world that kind of has existence you go and you acknowledge all of those so when i was i would have to say i can't, I can't really put an age on it but i've always kind of dealt with paranormal things and ghostly things my whole life and you know, just kind of going to those ceremonies, you see some pretty crazy things. And I remember at a very young age, the topic that we're talking about is skinwalkers. A lot of times when we do our ceremonies, they are done at nighttime. And for those of you out there who don't really know, the Navajo reservation is a very rural area to where, you know, your na nearest neighbors, a couple miles down the road, and there's no one around. So when you would have these ceremonies, it would be out in these locations. And a lot of times darkness and evil will try to come and disrupt whatever holy process you're trying to do to where they don't want goodness for you. They don't want goodness for the family. They don't want goodness for the patient or whoever's being doctored in the ceremonies. <clears throat> so kind of, I would have to say... I started my YouTube channel, I would say about mm, 
two months ago, I'd have to say a little roughly, but I've been interacting with paranormal beings my whole life. I would have to say. That's awesome. That's what that is. That's wild. Yeah. Um, before, before we dive into the skinwalker stuff, since we're talking about the paranormal, I'm curious, uh, where UFOs and aliens fall mm-hmm. into the lore with indigenous people. Yeah. So I'll tell you this thing that, uh, my grandmother told me that was pretty, pretty wild about her mother. So my great grandmother, uh, she grew up on the reservation and there was a time when, I guess you can say the BIA Bureau of Indian Affairs was going around the reservation and taking kids from their families uh, to be able to take them to boarding schools and residential schools. So my great, 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 great grandfather, her dad uh, hid her away in a canyon to be able so that she would learn the traditional ways, learn her language and the ceremonies. So she never went to school. So the backdrop that goes with that is understanding that there is no electricity or running water out there. So she had no influence of, I guess you can say, the Western world when it comes to like school, comic books, radio, anything like that. And she used to tell stories of beings that in Navajo she would describe as a plate that would come down from the sky and go into a canyon not too far away. And she said that when she was a little girl, she would see that and she would ask her dad, it's like, what is that over there? And then he said, those are the star people. Those are the star nation beings coming down to get herbs. So he said, you never, you never go over there where they were. You leave them alone. You let them do what they're supposed to do. And so, but she got curious one day and after they came one time, she went to where they were and there was, I guess you can say like a, a circular burn mark, I guess, where they landed or something. And around the edges of that, there was beautiful healing herbs that were growing out of that burnt ash. So when they, she said that when they would come down, they would take something, but they would also leave something for us as offering as thanks. So somebody who never, you know, heard the radio, television, or any Western side of culture understood and described like what extraterrestrial is and how they come down. So uh, a a lot of places on the reservation are like that. So yes, we definitely do believe in extraterrestrials and aliens in our culture. That is, that is awesome. I gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Cause I'm always, I'm always curious as to uh, everybody's take on it. I wonder, mm -hmm. I wonder if there's like a, like, cause I don't hear many accounts of you, you do, you will with Bigfoot but I haven't heard it with ETs where they have almost like a bartering system to a degree. Like there's an understanding between indigenous people. I don't know. Maybe there's a history there between it. Yeah. I would, I would have to say so because if, if you were to go down here into um, the Phoenix area, the tribe that's down here, there's a certain mountain called South mountain to where they have cave drawings of what it looks like to be extraterrestrial beings coming from the sky and going into the mountain. And so um, you, you can go to like so many different tribes, especially uh, it kind of relates to the topic, but not really. But like if you guys have heard of Skinwalker Ranch too as well, mm-hmm. I'd have to say, I'll say this out right now. It doesn't really have much to do with skinwalkers, but extraterrestrials. Yes. I'll say that because that area is a sacred site. 
of where those extraterrestrial beings will come down and gather herbs and do all those things like that. I guess you can say it's a natural energy point for a lot of spirits to go to. Uh, skinwalkers used to go in that area a while ago, but now because it's so famous, they kind of stay away from that area. What uh, I and now in your video, you were talking about your brother, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but is he set up to be able to handle the skinwalker? Is that kind of what I took away from that video? Yeah, yeah. So my brother is a holy man in our tribe, so okay. he's considered a, a medicinal man in our tribe. And when it comes to being a medicine man, you you yourself choose sometimes or other times it's bestowed upon you of what ceremonies you learn so there's a lot of ceremonies that partake in the holy ways of healing and doctoring those are those are called the hojonge ceremonies but if you do like i guess you can say go against darkness or ghost busting ceremonies to go against spirits and everything they call those the hushkes ceremonies so the hushkes ceremonies are the ones that my brother learned at a very young age. So I was pretty much his pupil throughout all these years, learning everything he has to teach for me throughout all these years. And it's pretty much got me to where we are now and dealing with skinwalkers uh, of that caliber. Yes. That is some of the training that we had to go through to be able to learn how to go against darkness. Man, I couldn't now was, did your brother choose that path or was it one of those that got bestowed upon him? It was kind of one of those I was bestowed upon him. That's awesome. Yeah. So he was, he was like, because <laughs> we grew up, you don't normally see a lot of uh, medicinal people that deal with the, the ghostly stuff and all that. Uh, very few of them that are left because unfortunately they, a lot of them have passed because of the darkness overtook them a lot of times and took their life. Um, but you know, so he was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a medicine man. Cool. I'm going to learn how to heal people. Like, nah, you're going to deal with all this darkness wow. the rest of your life, you know? So it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of cool that he is. It's almost like being the chosen one, essentially. Like, yeah, I like the, and it, I may be way off, but I just get that like image in my head where it's like, you're the one that's going to deal with mm -hmm. all this stuff that like, you, you are chosen to do this. I just think, I just feel like it's super awesome. Yeah. He, he was selected to be one of four in our, in our tribe. Uh, so they're, they're all spread out through the Navajo nation, but, uh, the rule is they're never allowed to meet or talk in person because there have been times to where in the past, uh, they're considered guardians and the guardians sometimes have turned evil. And because they knew of where and who these other guardians were, they went and killed them to, you know, try to make sure evil kind of takes over. So that's one of the rules is like, okay, you never speak or see each other, but you just know that they're there. That's crazy. That's like, that's, that's wild. I mean, like multi-million dollar companies do that type of stuff where they're like, all right, you guys ain't hanging out together in case something bad happens. Yeah, like, for real. And it's like a, it's like a literal fight between good and evil. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Cause you have your guardians that are posted up and we can't afford to lose group you all together. And then have, a, you know, all of you get ambushed and, and now we're, we're guardianless. We don't have any guardians anymore. Yeah, it's, it, it is definitely like that. It's uh, the fight between good and evil is very real for, for us, especially back in the day, because there used to be a lot of evil medicinal people that were out there as well. Still to this day, 
that witch people and try to kill people uh, over so many different things. I guess you can say there's med- evil medicine men for hire that are out there these days. So is, learning how to protect so each other and do all that stuff is still relevant to this day. Damn. How long did it, or how, like how long was your brother in tr- training for lack of a better word before he was like good to go? And he, he started his journey when he was 13 years old. So he is now 30 and he's still, he always tells me, I will never stop learning. There's always something to learn when it comes to this stuff. So, but uh, for me personally, I would have to say it took him like seven to 10 years before he actually started doing a lot of the, the stuff on his own and everything, taking on the more challenging roles and all those things that happen out there. I, mean, I couldn't imagine being 13 years old and be like, hey, this is the path you're going down. This is, this, is, this is what you're this is what you have to do yeah and then but that's the thing too is when you're tra- or when you're raised up in our culture and all that you're you're already introduced to a lot of those things at a very very young age so and so he was already pretty much new of it but now he's like okay now you it's your turn to take this over and do it so it's, it's kind of like one of those generational things. It's like, okay, so-and-so got too old. It's your turn, the next generation to take it up and you do it from there on. Whenever it comes to learning these things, is it is it mostly done by kind of like word of mouth or is it done like, is there like literature behind it where you can go and access the knowledge that you would need to to do these things? It's mainly from word of mouth. A, a lot of our teachings are oral teachings that kind of came down. Uh, up until recently, I would have to say the 50s and 60s was when they actually kind of started documenting a lot of our history, like on paper. But as far as for the ceremonies, those themselves are not put on paper because a lot of times you have to learn. You, it's pretty much one of those things. You can't really explain it. You have to go through it and experience it yourself. And, you know, learning to build those spiritual connections through your mind, through your body is something that you have to go through yourself instead of, I guess you can say you have to feel it instead of read it kind of thing. I like that. So, yeah, it it takes a long, long time for a lot of medicinal people to learn their ways. But unless you're a chosen person, there's a lot of different types of medicinal people. There's some that go through mentorship to be able to learn how to talk to talk to and communicate with spirits but then there's also medicinal people who are born with the gifts to be able to i guess you can say mediums who can see spirits and communicate with them without learning the songs and the ceremonies to be able to gain the ability to see spirits and all that that's (laughs) i love it it. (laughs) oh man um i guess we can Hop into these skinwalkers if you want to give our uh, audience a little uh, kind of brief history of it and then kind of jump into where you and your brother come in and do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> uh, for, yeah, for sure. I, I'm with Steve. Let you properly tell everyone what a skinwalker actually is. Yeah, because yeah, we, for sure. We've done our research and it is what it is. I don't know if it's real or not, if what we've been uncovering is there, but I'd like to hear from you as to what a skinwalker actually is, how it becomes the whole nine. Yeah. 100%. Oh, sweet. So 
the the origin of the skinwalker or how we say in the Navajo language they're called the Yenagloshi and the Yenagloshi is how you translate in English is jump in the skins so when you're a medicinal man you're taught many abilities on how to give offering how to pray how to protect yourself how to doctor people as well as many many other traits on how to do those things now, very, very select few medicinal people were taught by the spirit people on how to shapeshift. And they were taught how to shapeshift into a coyote, uh, an elk, a deer, a hawk, or an eagle. And sometimes they turn into a mountain lion or a bear as well. But typically not really those ones because, you know, the, the whole objective of why they were learning how to shapeshift was because they had to travel to four sacred mountains in the Navajo Nation uh, in a very quick time period to be able to perform a ceremony. And in that ceremony, you had to travel to those mountains and uh, to kind of give people an idea of how big the Navajo Nation is. There's a four sacred mountains. There's two of them in Colorado, one in New Mexico, and one in Arizona. So Flagstaff, Grants, and... Uh, one in Durango and one not too far away from Durango. That's the, where the sacred mountains are. So a holy man, when they learned how to shapeshift, was able to traverse the land to go to those sacred mountains all in one day, all four of those mountains. And they had to collect certain uh, herbs, soils, and perform songs and ceremonies at each one of those in a very, very quick manner. And he would make a, a thing called a sacred bundle that he would bestow upon a family that would give him blessings and protection in their home that gets passed down from generation to generation. So with that, though, to be able to learn how to do that took years and years and years to learn how to do that. Very, very hard work. I would have to say like 20, 30, 40, even 50 years. A lot of times it took to learn how to uh, shapeshift like that. You had to spend your whole life learning how to do that. Now, there was a lot of people that got frustrated during the process. There's a lot of people that were just like, you know, just gave up in the end. And they prayed and they said, okay, I, I, I can't do this. It's taking too long. I can't do it. You know, there has to be a faster way. So evil and darkness came around. And then they themselves said, I can teach you how to do this real quick. But there's a couple things you have to do before you can be able to learn to obtain this power. So in those things, you had to learn to be able to learn how to do it in the evil way. You had to go and sacrifice your loved one, someone very, very closest to your heart. It would have to say like your wife, your mother, brother, sister, uh, grandmother, grandfather, or even a newborn child that you just had. Something that is closest and dearest to your heart. You had to go to a cave where you would begin the initiation ceremony to be able to learn how to shapeshift and get the items needed to be able to learn how to shapeshift. So you have to go out, you have to go hunt, um, say, a coyote at first. Uh, a lot of the beginner skinwalkers, their rankings, they have to start out with a, a, either a buck or a coyote skin. So they go hunt that, they get that, and then they, that's when they would begin the sacrifice of their loved one. So that's where you have on the reservation, there's a lot of, used to be a lot of missing uh, people reports. And still to this day, there's still quite a few. 
And what we've come to find out is some of those missing person reports were related to skinwalker sacrifices that happened. So when you go missing out there, it's just really the police force is very understaffed. And, you know, it's it's very, very hard to be able to find somebody like that. So it's essentially it's easy to get away with murder out there. Um, so so but don't anybody go out there and do that, please. (laughs) So, so yeah, those, those ceremonies would happen. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of dark things that happen in there. Like, you know, you, you, you drain the blood from your loved one and you have to get these crystals that you're going to use to be able to see in, in the, in the ceremonies, the medicinal people use crystals to be able to, uh, look into and doctor human people. Now the invert that is to get a blood crystal. So you get a quartz crystal and you dip it in the blood of the person you just sacrificed, turns it into a blood crystal and you can use it to witch people from there as well. And yeah, just crazy, crazy stuff like that. Um, you do a lot of bad things to the body uh, you harvest the bones and you grind up the bones into a powder you, or you make bone needles, bone knives out of it. And those are weapons that they use to be able to witch and kill people. So uh, it, a lot of times it is said that the skinwalker has the ability to paralyze somebody. So when they paralyze you, they go up to you and they get that bone powder. They mix it with poisons as well. And then they go up to your face and they blow it in your face. And when you smell that or it gets in your eyes, your nose, it gets in your system or your mouth like that, and then they'll say, if you don't get a ceremony in four days, you'll die. So it's, it's very, very, very gnarly stuff that they, um, that they have. So back in the day, that's when I mentioned earlier before that they used to have, I guess you can say, wars against good and evil to where good medicinal people used to go against the evil medicinal people like that. Cause a lot of times, you know, they would be witching somebody from a far distance. They would get a piece of their hair or something like that. And then they would, because they have your DNA, they can tie that. And I guess it's, I, I would hate to relate it to other things, but for people to imagine it's like voodoo a little bit to where you, once you get something from that person, you can witch them from afar kind of thing, or you can go up to their house and just straight up kill them. That's actually happened a couple of times too. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the true origins of where skinwalkers came from. And so to this day, there's uh, quite a few skinwalkers that are out there running about and everything. So the Navajo nation has, I would have to say 300 or 400,000 people uh, living within the Navajo nation. And I'm pretty sure you can go to every single household and they all have stories of something running around on their roof and doing crazy things. That's wild. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. So, is, is the <clears throat> is the skinwalker isolated to your region or can it is it out, yeah. elsewhere in the world? Uh wherever there's a Navajo, there can be a skinwalker. Okay. <laughs> that makes so, sense. So w- with that, it it can re- if so a lot of our ceremonies that we do tie into the land itself. So the four sacred mountains, in a sense, give the uh, indigenous people a lot of power and medicinal people a lot of power because 
where they came from. That's where they grew up. They know the names of these mountains and all these offerings. So it gives them a lot of power whenever they do these ceremonies. So if you were to take somebody outside of the Navajo Nation, their power is going to be greatly reduced and the risks get higher because when it comes to skinwalker lore and everything like that, they they say that if a skinwalker is still in its animalistic form by the time the sun rises and the sun rays hits it in our in our culture, the sun god sees that being and they say, oh, you want to shapeshift? Oh, you want to do evil things? You're going to be stuck like that forever. So when the sun comes up, they're stuck as a coyote. They're stuck as a deer for the rest of their life. So when you go outside of the Navajo Nation, normally to change from a skin to a human being, again, a lot of times is easier on the Navajo Nation. But when you go outside of it, it's a lot harder to be able to shape back and forth. So sometimes there's a risk of being stuck in that form as well. So typically you won't really see it outside. I have seen, you know, very few of the very, very high ranked skinwalkers be able to leave and they go to other tribes, sacred sites and sacred mountains and learn to get familiar with those and to be able to draw power from those. But very, you have to be very, very high level to learn how to do that. So rarely do I ever see that happen. But it's possible, yes. But I would say like, you know, 2% of skinwalkers can be able to do that. Right on. I'd, every once in a while, you'll see a supposed skinwalker video pop up or people kind of attributing certain sightings here and there because there there'll be similar characteristics between what you hear about skinwalkers and then what people have experienced over here. So people are like, Oh, they automatically jump to skin. It's a skinwalker. It's a skinwalker. You know what I mean? So I'm just curious what that, what that all entailed. And it does make sense that they draw on the land, they draw on the, your sacred sites and that 100% makes sense. Yeah. I've, only so I've been on social media a lot and I've only seen one thing that kind of piques my interest that might be a skinwalker that wasn't on the reservation was I don't know if you guys seen that picture from the zoo in Amarillo, Texas. Um I don't know if I have or not. Yeah. 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 There was like a picture of something that looked like it had like a wolf pelt over him and he was over the um uh security camera that captured a photo of it. And I'm not too sure if that's somebody out there, but I was just like thinking I was, I, we, I made a joke to my brother when we saw that, like, damn, imagine a skinwalker went to a zoo and got like a tiger skin or something oh, like that. So <laughs> be awful. <laughs> so it's just like, I wouldn't be surprised. You go back to the res and there's a tiger running around in the middle of the night. It's like, I know who did it. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Oh, man, I couldn't even real. imagine your brother having to deal with that. Like, I, I, I'm not sure I'm equipped to deal with, you know, a, a tiger. Oh, man. That's, you for real. Big cats, I'm out. Ain't no way I mess with the big cat. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 pretty pretty uncommon um, uh, to be able to see. It. And, you know, being face-to-face with these beings for all these years and seeing them, you know, it's they they have a very distinct look to them. And, you know, a lot of times they, uh, what people imagine is very, I guess you could say the light version of what they actually look like. Um, I guess if you can imagine somebody that has 
a bunch of skins on them, but their face is painted in such a way to where it, you try looking at them directly in their eyes. It's, it, it has an ability to look blurry because in the skinwalker lore, if you know the person that's the skinwalker, uh, you can call out their name and they'll die. That's one of the wow. things is that you're not that they try to hide that. But a tactic that they use is they would use the face of the one they sacrifice and put it over theirs. And so you don't know who it is. And sometimes they make masks of other people. So when that's one thing that's always told is you're when you're a medicine man and you're going against evil like that. Yeah, it may look like somebody so-and-so over here and you send something against that person, but that skinwalker was wearing a face of somebody else and it goes to that person and gets redirected and they're completely fine because they wore that mask. That's cold. Yeah. That's cold <laughs> right there, man. Like, like how I said, it's, it's, it's been warfare that's been done for hundreds of years. So they've, they've learned loopholes and tricks to be able to cover their tracks and everything. I mean, it makes sense. Evolve with the times and the tactics, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, and, and it's just kind of like that really does, I don't know, for whatever reason, that really solidifies their name. Yeah. When you were describing where in their face, I'm just like, oh, wow. Like that, that's yeah. a whole new serious spin on that. Yeah, like I said, it's it's very very it's disgusting. I have to say, it's it's an abomination to you know what good and holy things are. Like no matter what religion or where everything is, everything about them is just the opposite of that, and it's just it, it's it's horrid, you know. And then Absolutely. that's one of the things that why we take on and why we go against these beings is for to save those people. From to stop that from happening and we we've known people who have put on the skins and gone down that road uh, like how i said in the ancient skins video that was one of our relatives that passed away and those remains of his regalia were in that chest so that's how real it is is like okay this is our distant grandfather who just passed away and he was a skinwalker and nobody knew about it until he passed away. Jesus. It's just like, dang, that's crazy. That's wild, man. <laughs> it is wild, man. I don't even Yeah. So why it, would what would what what would possess people to to change? Why why make that if it's so just like I'll use your word, you say a lot inverted, it's so just horrid and wretched. What is the allure? for some people to go that road power power and then to be able to do things not humanly possible um there's a lot of a lot of times the light you got to really think about the lifestyle on the reservation too as well there's not a lot of stuff to do out there you know um suicide rate is very high on the reservation alcoholism drugs everything is very high because you know, there, there are broken people that are still trying to recover from everything that's happened to them. So though even in today's generations or even two generations past, they themselves did not go through the atrocities that happened, but that generational trauma is passed on. 
you know, their their father, I guess you can say, went to residential schools and had his hair cut, was beaten and was told his religion is nothing. So he picked up the bottle to, as a coping mechanism. So then that got passed down to his kids. You know, they got beaten and all these traumatic things happen. And so, you know, when you have a bunch of people that are like that, you know, they get into trouble. They do a lot of weird things. Uh, not not the smartest of decisions. So you that's where a lot of people like say uh, so-and-so uh, family has drug problems. You know, they're going through a lot of mental illness and, you know, they're approached by somebody of darkness and evil and they're saying, we can provide you a family. We can be there for you. All you have to do is just come follow us and do what we need to do. do these tasks and you're a part of our family. We'll love you more than they ever will kind of thing. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, feed on people when they're at their weakest. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've also met people who were of the skinwalker uh, that were running in the skins and they actually put down the skins after we met them. We talked with them for a long time and they, they gave up what they were doing because we showed them that there's more to life than what they were actually doing. So it's, it's, it's come full circle a couple times and other times, you know, when it comes to skinwalkers, there's, there's skinwalkers that are humans that turn into animals. And then there's also spiritual skinwalkers that can change into animal form. And I guess you can say haunting phantom form. So, um, those ones, the, the spiritual ones are the ones you more, more likely see out there. Uh, very rarely do you kind of see the physical ones anymore. There, there used to be a lot, but not really anymore because, you know, more modern day stuff. It's just, you know, I, I got to thank Wi-Fi for <laughs> and video games for giving people something to do, you know, to kind of get their mind off a lot of that darkness and evil. They, a lot of times these days, skinwalking isn't as popular as it was before because there's actually stuff to do these days. And, you know, it's it's definitely dwindled in numbers a lot of people do see that it's not worth it to go through all those steps and everything and so but yeah that's that's pretty much why people would kind of go down that route it's it's almost like a superpower you can yeah use it for evil and whatnot yeah, it, it, it's it's a hard life to be able to be a medicine man in the good way. You know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of people don't have the patience for it. And, you know, you have to go, you have to literally leave your family, go live with the medicine man, uh, live with them every single day, learn the language, learn the songs, learn how to do the prayers, the offerings, go to sacred sites and all these different things. Like I said, it takes years to learn how to do this stuff. So a lot of times people don't have the patience for it these days. Hey, Hollow Cult, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, 
have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Kind of, that kind of sucks. Like, I know I'm, I know that we're on the outside looking in, but like, I just feel like those are important things that should be carried on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I understand like today's world is fast. It's, it's unforgiving, you know, like you have bills and like work and it just all wants to go a hundred miles an hour. It's hard to slow down to do Mm -hmm. those things. It's just, it's a bummer to see those, those amazing things get lost to history. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'll probably be making a video about this one too, is just that topic alone of, how Western society and living has affected our traditions and everything. Because when you go out into the reservation, how my grandparents currently are living right now is they have a plot of land. They have home on the reservation. Uh, They have solar out there and then they have a well not too far away and they have livestock. So, you know, they, they get um, social security checks because they, they're retired and everything. So they use those checks to get groceries and everything. But the lifestyle you live out there is completely different from how we live our day-to-day lives here. You know, out there, you know, your only options for jobs is a gas station, a grocery store, or you're a travel welder or you work construction. That's pretty much the only jobs you have. So if you want to work anything else, you have to leave the reservation, kind of like how I did. I have for me to work in my day job, I work in the solar industry. So I had to leave the reservation to be able to get that and, you know, to be able to have a job to provide for my future family and to excel in today's way of living. Now, if you go out there, you know, your worries are completely different. You don't got to work. You don't, you don't got to, you know, do all this stuff, but you have to take care of your livestock early when the sun rises up, you have to let out your sheep. You have to go let out your cattle, let them graze, do all that stuff. You prepare breakfast, you prepare dinner. And there's so much responsibilities of just, it goes back down to just survival. You get hungry. You have to go butcher a sheep. You have to go do this. You have to go get the meat, prepare the meat, get the wood, chop the wood, excuse me, make a fire, cook the food. And then once the sun sets, you get all the animals back in the corrals, you go to sleep, do it all again the next day. So it's, it's a completely different lifestyle. Well, if you want to get into some of your just absolute asinine skinwalker stories, man, I think everybody is ready to hear it. Yeah. So there's, okay. So there's this one time we were, this one's probably going to, Spoiler alert for my next upcoming video I have. This one's <laughs> going to be that. So you guys get the exclusive of All what right. the story is going to be. Awesome. Um, so we were 
kind of, I guess you can say, hired to run security for this one ceremony. Like how I mentioned earlier before, uh, evil and darkness will come to these holy ceremonies to try to disrupt uh, a lot of dark things that are good things that are happening uh, so evil can kind of take over. So this one was a very, very important ceremony in our Navajo tradition. This ceremony was called a Kinanta. And in that ceremony, there's um, it's a coming-of-age ceremony for a woman. So that's when she becomes a woman. And in that ceremony, every step that's done is very, very particular in the outcome of the rest of her life. How she performs in this ceremony is going to outline if she's going to struggle or have a good life uh, coming forward. And each one of the steps in the ceremony outlines her future life. So darkness comes in and I guess you can say women that are coming into that stage or another example would be twins and all these other events that happened are at the peak of when a human being is, I guess you say their soul is ripe for the taking. Their soul is expensive right now. So they're they're most expensive and delicate at that at that time. So they'll come to try to disrupt and make sure her life is bad, to make sure all these evil things happen to her uh, coming forward. So we were hired to run security at this location. And I would have to say, I began my trainings and doing all this other stuff. I would have to say I was about 16 or 17 years old when this happened. And so I was still very young, still in high school. And we went out there and the ceremony began when the sun set and it's dark time. It's very dark outside. And if you can imagine, there's a Hogan. So it's a traditional house that's right there. And I would have to say 300 yards east of there, there's a canyon that kind of goes up. I would have to say about 400 yards, really goes really steep. And then it drops on the other side. There's a sheep corral that's over there. So sheep corral typically has sheep dogs that's over there to help protect them in the middle of the night. So we're like, okay, the sun's set. This is around the time when these evil things will start to come around. So let's get ready. So we 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 started partaking of our holy medicines and our herbs. We marked up uh, to where these herbs that we partake, I guess you can kind of say, um, uh, I relate this a lot to the witcher. So, you know, when he turns, he drinks that bottle. A lot yeah, of times yeah. these medicines will pr- protect us against if we were to encounter a skinwalker, the paralyzing effects won't affect us. If we were to get hit with their bone powders, it'll delay the effects of sickness. So those are the medicines that we take to go against those things. So as we were getting ready, the dogs at the sheep corral start barking. We're just like, okay, here we go. You know, they're, they're, they're already on their way. The dogs know. So I remember I finished partaking of my medicine and I look toward that direction of where the sheep dogs are and the sheep are. And in the canyon, you see these little red blinking lights kind of flash here and there. And I was, I was still pretty young in my trainings. And I asked my brother, I was like, what, what is that up there? What is that? So he said, like how I mentioned earlier, skinwalkers, when they run around to kind of do reconnaissance and, and um, to be able to see what's going on in a location, they'll, look, they'll use those crystals to look into it and see what's going on. 
And how I mentioned those blood crystals that are out there, um, they have those in a pouch in their, in their, uh, tucked away in their skins a lot of times. And so when the moon reflects off of those crystals, you see those red blinking lights up there. He said, those are those are those are those crystals that you see up there, those blood crystals. So you see that. And then that also represents some of the evil spirits that are out there. So I said, okay. So he said, we're going to go ahead and, uh, get your weapons. We're going to go make our way over there. We're going to try to push them back. And I was nervous, man. <laughs> I I'm nervous. Just listening to the, to the so, so we end up slowly making our way over there and going up into the Canyon. There's, there's one path that kind of goes straight into the mountain and there's two that go up with uh, the valley of it. So my brother said, he's like, I want you to go down the middle right here. And uh, my uncle was with us at the time too. He said, uh, me and your uncle are going to go up on the top. We'll cover you from there. So the path that I took was one of the darkest ones because the moon and how the canyon was, it was pitch black in there. They're like, you're the only one that doesn't have glasses. So you're going in that one. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, all right. So I, um, for my speciality of weapon that I chose uh, is to be an archer. So I have our traditional bow and traditional arrows ready and notched as I'm walking through this dark uh, canyon here. And as I get pretty, pretty deep in there, it's really, really dark, but I can kind of see a little bit of reflection off the white rocks above me to where it kind of illuminates a little bit. As I look down the canyon, I can kind of see some dark shadows moving at the end. And I, I, I stop and I look and normally my brother and my uncle would be above me and we give these signals, we give these signs, um, these little whistles sometimes we do with each other to kind of acknowledge where we are. And so they they acknowledged that they were up there. And then right after I did that, a bunch of coyote calls start to start to yell, start to bark, start to yelp and everything. And so I knew that, you know, they were starting to make their way over to us. So when these dogs started barking where those shadows were down the canyon that I saw, you start to see your little red flashes over there. And so there's a certain call that you make when you give up, like pretty much give me the green light to be able to shoot my arrows if I need to. I gave that whistle blow and he confirmed. He's like, go ahead and do it. Let it loose. So I I drew my bow back and I fired over into the darkness and there was a little speck or a little streak of moonlight that came down where I toward the er area I shot and out of the darkness came a gray wolf, a white wolf. And I freaked out because how the ranking system goes for the skinwalkers is it goes coyote or it goes buck coyote elk and then it goes to wolf so the wolves are one of the cat the i guess you can say the captains of the skinwalkers so this guy was high level and i'm just over here with myself this is my second time going against these things i am not ready for this so i blew my emergency whistle and then that's when my brother and my uncle made their way down and that thing started running it ran the opposite direction And so we started chasing after it. We went after it and we made it to the cliff's edge. We're just like, where to go? Where to go? 
And there's a valley that kind of goes, I would have to say, about 400 yards, and it goes straight up into another cliff. And on the other side, that's where you see even more red lights. I would have to say about 20, 30 lights along that canyon edge over there. And I was like, fuck, there's just three of us, man. (laughs) But that's the thing is, once we confirmed that they were on that side over there, we're just like, they can do whatever they want over there. Like, I'm not going to climb no cliff over there to try to go against them and everything. So we're just like, we have, uh, like Obi-Wan said, I have the high ground. You know, we're going to keep the high ground. And so they stayed over there. So we waited about a good 30, 40 minutes. And we made our way back over to the ceremony. Because a lot of times when they try to distract you or take you in one direction, they'll come up from behind and do whatever they want at the ceremony. So we made our way back over to the ceremony, checked around, everything was good. And this had to have been around like 3 or 3.30. 3 or 3.30 in the morning. And sure enough, when we get back, we check around, you know, we have a smoke break and, you know, they finish up the songs and uh, the woman has to come out during the ceremony. And then she goes back in. It's like, okay, this is a good like uh, breathing area. So we sit by the fire for a little bit. And then we look, the dogs start barking again at the sheep corral. We're just like, fuck, they're back. So we see those see those red lights again over there. And then we, so we start chasing them back again. And this goes on for the next hour or so. But then, you know, we tried one more tactic that we tried to entice them to come and trap them in the sun. Uh, I guess you can say, uh, wait for the dawn to come up to egg them on to be like, hey, you know, you know, uh, excuse my language. We say, hey, fuck you, you know. You guys ain't shit, you know. You guys, you guys ain't powerful. You ain't nothing, you know. We and then trying to play at their ego so they can be like, oh, you know, they want to fight, they want to do these things, and then, but sure enough, none of them took the bait. They knew what we were doing, and then yeah. as that, as that blue rays of the sun started coming up, that's when they all ran. They all went back to wherever they came from. So the thing is, though, as that blue light started to come up. Across the valley, there was a dirt road that kind of goes into that canyon, and no one lives back there. We only use that road for to get if like the sheep go back there or the cattle go back there. So we drive on that road to go get them and bring them back. There was a truck that came up, and its headlights went over there, and we we're just looking at it. We we're just like, "Who is that? It's none of our relatives' truck. Who is this guy?" Show this lights turned off, and then all those red lights that you see in the canyon just make their way over to that truck. And then the truck turns its lights back on and it drives away. So it was picking up its buddies over there. Yeah, it was a damn skinwalker carpool. <laughs> exactly, man. So that's what I was saying. Like there, there was probably one or two physical skinwalkers, like physical human being skinwalkers, and the rest were those spiritual skinwalkers that all went into that truck. And they, I guess... When you're a medicinal person like that, you can command spirits in that way. And so with that captain being there, he probably had some skinwalkers that were underneath him that he brought along to bring uh, that. But uh, success story. Ceremony went good. We were tired as shit climbing those uh, rocks and everything. But, you know, it's always a good day to know that everyone was safe. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. What's uh, for you? What's more scary, the physical or the, the metaphysical? I would have to say 
metaphysical beings because there's a lot more scarier beings than skinwalkers out there. I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm in regards to the skinwalker. Skinwalker, I would say physical for sure. Physical, yeah. Yeah, just like, you know, without without hesitation, you know, you know you're supposed to be out there alone, but then you see a dark person just walking towards you all messed up and everything. Yeah, it does something to you, you know? I bet. Yeah. So at least when it's spiritual, you know, you only kind of get glimpse of like that crystal or, you know, if you're untrained, you'll, you'll, luckily you'll see that crystal. You won't see in full detail what they look like, but physical, yeah, you see everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can the, can the meta, metaphysical skinwalkers, can they cause you physical harm? Yes. All right. Yes. So yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy because. It's it's one of those things to where it's a delayed effect. That's where I actually got injured one time to where I'm not too sure how it happened, but we were in one of these altercations with a with a spirit. It wasn't a skinwalker, but it was a darker entity to where it got to my lower back. And it wasn't until like a couple of days later that I couldn't walk. It was just so, so painful. My brother was a medicine man looked at it. And he says, you got stabbed in your back spiritually right here. He says, I got to, I got to do a ceremony to be able to heal you up and make it, make it all better. And so sure enough, after that ceremony, I was able to walk again, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. So these, these beings, yeah, they're, they're the real deal. So that's why we always say, just be careful, you know, talking about these beings and all that, unless you know how to get rid of them. So we've had our fair share of going toe to toe with these beings. <laughs> When you encounter them, do you usually encounter them in groups? Or are they more, more solitary? It depends. If you start to build like how you, we did, we, you start to build a reputation to where just one won't do it. You know, if, you know, we show up to a location and they don't know that we're there, most of the time it'll just be one and they'll just run away. But if there's multiple of them, then they'll try to, you know, shoot their bone darts at us or even the bravest ones will come toe to toe with us and we'll duke it out with them. But, you know, but mostly like if you're just a normal person, uh, a lot of times you'll just see them uh, uh, individually, just one person. But, you know, sometimes if you're a very powerful medicine man, you know, you know, your songs and ceremonies how to protect yourself. They'll send multiple after you. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying. Can they just like, can they just like pick you guys out because of who you are? Do they just know who you are? Yeah. Because especially when it comes to medicinal people, like how we said in those songs and ceremonies, you learn how to talk to spirits. So they're the same thing too. They're evil medicinal people that talk to spirits. So they have their spirits and we have our spirits, our ancestral spirits that we have that are warriors from a long time ago that come back as guardians to kind of help us go against the darkness and the evil that's like this. So they themselves might not be able to see them, but their spirits that are with them, they're like, hey, you know, it's these guys that are over here because then they can see like our spirits that are over there as well. And they're like, nah, you guys ain't going to win this pull back, you know, kind of thing. So that's that's kind of like one of those things to where, you know, the spirits will validate a lot of things that happen for you. And that happens a lot of times in war times too. you know, having a medicinal man on your on your squad or on your crew is very, very helpful. I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. 
Do your do your f- uh, physical weapons have the same effect on the the metaphysical skinwalker, or do yes. you have different tactics for physical and metaphysical? So <clears throat> you can make weapons that pierce the spirit realm. So we use um, traditional weapons, not traditionally for our tribe, but for other tribes that in history. Uh, in one of my videos that I covered, um, we use the katanas. Uh, and on the Western West coast, there's some ancient stories and cave drawings of peoples that came across the ocean. They were called the beetle warriors because how they were described and shown in the cave drawings was their armor. They were armored from head to toe. And then they had, um, I guess you can say what looked like pincers on their head and they wielded blades. They called them the blades of the crescent moon. Cause at, and whenever there's a new moon, there's that crescent, right? That's right there. So they called those the crescent moon blades. And so they traded with a lot of the tribes that were over there. And some of those crescent moon blades were some of the items they traded. So a lot of people said that, damn, did the Japanese come over here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it sounds just, just like the samurai. The, that's, that's what I'm saying. So at what specific period that they came in, I'm not too sure. But I do know that based off those cave drawings that they did make an expedition over here, whether they came out through Mexico or straight from the coast of California, I'm not 100% sure. But all I know is that those weapons were traded and a lot of times they were, uh, a lot of them were lost in battle. Um, so we chose that weapon uh, based off of that knowledge and that history that's right there. So you can put ash on there. And the reason why we put ash from a fire is because in our traditions, whenever we do our ceremonies or anything, it's very natural based stuff. So when you go to the creation of this earth, when you go to the creation of anything, there was always fire. There was always, always that element that was always here before humans were even here on this, on this uh, planet. So, and that's why it's a very, very powerful thing because when you burn wood, it becomes, it, it's a very holy process that goes from a physical thing to a spiritual thing. You know, you burn it and then it turns to ash and then it goes to smoke and then you see the smoke and then it disappears. So that's why in our traditions, you know, tobacco, even though this is a vape, you know, new age tobacco, <laughs> um, tobacco is very important for us Navajo people because it, they say when you smoke tobacco, it goes inside of your lungs and it goes and sees everything that you're going through. You know, you may not be able to put into words how you're feeling, or you don't know how to pray about it, how to ask for what you're needing. And so that smoke will go inside of you. It'll find that out when you blow it out that message and that prayer is going to go into the spirit world. You see the smoke and it go, it disappears into the spirit world and it takes that prayer to whoever needs to listen and hear it and it'll come and help you. So in a sense that happens when you make a fire too. So when you make a fire, you give it cedar or uh, sweet grass or um, other offerings in the fire. You pray to it. it says, I'm going to use you for protection. I'm going to use you for these purposes you know, protect me against these evils and these darkness that want to go against me. You you pray to the fire like that. And when it goes, they say when the fire turns into white ash, a lot of times you see black and white ash. If it's all white, your prayer was answered. And once it cools down, you gather that ash and you put it into a jar. I don't have it with me here, but it's in the other room. But awesome. 
you get that ash, you can put it. That's one of those things we put on. We put it on our forehead, our heart, and then our, our appendages on our body for protection against those evil and darkness. And you can also put those on weapons as well. So because it was a spiritual thing that happened, you put that ash on there and that, in a sense, you can make those weapons into spiritual, uh, they can reach a spiritual world because they have that element on there as well. That's awesome. That is, that is so, so cool. We, we, we actually had, um, in our old channel, we were investigating a place called, I don't know if you've heard of Bobby Mackey's music world. Yep. There was a dark, dark entity inside of there, and one of our friends was unfortunately possessed in, in, in that episode. And so I had to get him out of the building, but those spirits didn't want to let him go. They want him, wanted his soul to be a part of that building as well. And so I, I kind of forced him out of the room, and you just felt big, huge footsteps come right up behind us. We were the last ones to leave. So I pulled out my, one of my blessed blades that are like that, I went out and I stabbed it and you hear, we had a spirit box going, you hear it scream because you, you hear the blade going, kill that evil dark being that was inside of there. So after we came back, we reviewed the footage and it's like, yo, we got the scream on the, on the spirit box. And everyone's like, you killed a demon. It's like, fuck yeah, we did. <laughs> so it's uh, that was like validation for a lot of people for uh, these things that I'm talking about here. So, you know, very, very old teachings that go back centuries for sure. Yeah. And, and those just, as time moves forward, those become more and more forgotten, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's and why so, it's super, I mean, I appreciate you coming on and, and kind of speaking on these matters. Cause like, like we were talking earlier, a lot of people will they just refuse to, to speak on these subjects and, mm-hmm. I find like what you just told us about the fire and stuff. That shit is so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> it, like I, I mean that too. Like in all honesty, mm-hmm. you don't hear. I appreciate. That's why I appreciate your culture so much because there's such a deep connection with everything. You know, a lot of, and in in the modern world, people aren't connected to shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> their cell phones. That's just cell phones, <laughs> Wi-Fi, internet. Like that's what that's the most connection they get. And it's mm. it's super awesome to to listen to the, the deeper meanings of life and and these ancient teachings and I don't know I've always found it crazy fascinating. Um, I actually, my wife is native, and when I nice. went up to, to Michigan to her family reunion, they did ceremonies and stuff, and it was just at a family reunion, but. I'm telling you the way it makes you feel when they're all doing their thing, you're, you feel the energy coming from that. And I, I mean, when we were on our drive home, uh, I was talking to her about it. I'm like, she's like, what'd you think? And I was like, that was fucking awesome. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. I'm like, that yeah. was so fucking cool. And I'm like, I just, I feel honored to have been there and, you know, was able to partake it. Or, or at least watch and listen. I didn't really partake, but I don't mm-hmm. know. It just, you, you feel the energy come from all that. And I just feel like those things are super, super important. Yeah. And then that, that's why I, I said like a lot of times it's not written down because you, you just have to experience it. Oh, dude, that's when you said that, that mm-hmm. I instantly thought of being up there at the family reunion. And I'm like that. I mean, that explains everything. Mm-hmm. And it this really knowledge does. and these teachings that I'm I'm telling you is just 
little like I only told you like three or four things. There's like thousands of things in just my tribe. Now there's other tribes that are out there in their sacred lands and they have their beings as well. So a lot of people say, you know, they, they see a skinwalker or something out there and it's just like, it may not be a skinwalker, but these other tribes have their own monsters and deities out there that are similar to skinwalkers, not skinwalkers, but they're similar, you know, like the um, Wendigo. Yeah. Wendigo is, I've been having so many people ask me about that, but I personally have not experienced a Wendigo because like I've never gone up, traveled up to those regions. Uh, so maybe I had to make a trip to say hello to a Wendigo somewhere. Oh, man. <laughs> I think those ones, they, they have a pretty nasty reputation. <laughs> and and they're, they're another one that's hard to find a lot of material on. Yeah. I think with social media and information and stuff like they've almost grown synonymous with the skinwalker like like people mm. interchange them not knowing not knowing any better yeah i definitely do see that especially with being in the the paranormal as well uh we, i was in the paranormal for like ghost hunting and all that stuff for a good couple of years or so i was asked to be on ghost adventures um we did a ceremony for them on there and just being in that realm of the paranormal, it's just like a lot of people like to generalize a lot of spiritual beings and deities when we come from a culture that, okay, this spirit is this, you know, this is that, this is where it comes from, this is what empowers it, and this is what it does. And then a lot of people's like, it's a demon, uh, it's a ghost. And it's just like, okay, yeah, it is a demon, but can you specifically tell what it is? And they're like, no. And then it's just like, and then we go and we do like our ceremony. Because in a sense, whenever we did our investigations, it was always a ceremony. So we would go and do the ceremony inside these haunted locations using our native tactics and know and find out where this being's name is, where he comes from, what what type of faction in the spirit world he belongs to, who follows him, and all these other different things. So, you know, it, it's 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 pretty gnarly. But yeah, it's uh, people are getting there, though. Uh, I, I give people props, you know, it's just... Learning, the biggest thing I can say is just learn and absorb and be an open book as much as you can. Because in this country, I guess you can say, we call it Turtle Island, um, Canada, United States, and Mexico. If you were to zoom out on it, it looks, it's in the shape of a turtle to where the Mexico uh, uh, country that's right here, Central America, it, that's the tail of the turtle and it goes up into Canada and it's his head and then Florida is its leg and it kind of goes like that. Spirit, uh, indigenous people have always called this place Turtle Island. That's why they call it that. And we didn't have no satellites or anything like that. The spirit people told us where you live on is called Turtle Island. So Canada, United States, and Mexico are uh, shaped like that. So being an open book you have to learn on that you aren't the only peoples that are here, especially nowadays, too. It's not just indigenous people that are living here on Turtle Island anymore. You have so many cultures. You have so many religions. You have so many different backgrounds to where their religions and beliefs and where they come from on this earth, they come with their spirits as well. So a lot of times people say like, oh, you, oh this is the only way to get rid of this thing. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. One religion doesn't overrule one. You know, these different beings rely and listen to their own beliefs of where they come from. So learning how to do that. I guess one thing that I always think of was during the mummy. If you guys remember when the mummy was coming up to that guy 
And he had that necklace of different like languages and symbols and everything like that to be able to learn who he's talking to. In a sense, you know, that mummy's not going to understand English. So if you start yelling and babbling at it in English, you know, you have to know its language. You have to know where it comes from, its religions. And it's, it's I guess you can say, kryptonite on its religion and how to go with it. So there's just so much to learn out there. So I always tell people, just be open-minded and absorb, be a sponge and have fun. But be that's safe. Pretty, that's pretty much what we do. You know, we <laughs> we listen to everything and and I don't know, the way you talk, it it almost it's to a degree it could be scary that these ancient teachings are being forgotten, they are being neglected, because that would essentially suggest that in time your We'll just say, for lack of better description, your spiritual weapons and armor are actually degrading. And all evil has to do at that point is wait and wait until these teachings are damn near forgotten. Yep. And then they get to come full bore because now we have no spiritual armor or weapons. Who do you think may is given the ideas to distract people with phones and TV and all these other things to make people forget where they come from, make people right. forget how, you know, to be one with the land and the earth, yep. you know, all those people from around the world used to do that. Now, nobody, oh, yeah. not a lot of people don't do that anymore. So who's the cause of all that? Who's right. the cause of people losing their spirituality like this? Yes. So I a hundred percent agree. And I mean, I, 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 I love I love I love things from many different religions. Everybody's got like you said they all got their own bag of tricks, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they're all impactful in their own ways. And uh, I don't know. I just find it because Steve, we just did an episode on this Hellfire Farm, and it, it had to deal with these this crazy powerful entity. And you had all these. What was it? It was a Christian or Catholics coming in and trying to uh, the whole, deal with it. Yeah. Pretty much the whole gamut. Like And then they they called in some dude who basically had no affiliation, but he knew a bunch of the old teachings, and he's the one that ended up like being able to stand toe to toe with this thing. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I, I was telling Steve, I was like, I appreciate that guy because it, it was like he wasn't selling like, oh, I'm I'm this or I'm this. Yeah. But I'm what I'm what I am and what I do know is that I believe. And that's the important, like, I believe in this stuff. I'm using my belief and my connections with the spirit world to combat this thing. And I just thought that was super, a really important message to kind of push out there. Yeah. For guys like me and Steve who don't necessarily subscribe to this or that, like we're, we're, we're kind of in, lim- me and him are pretty much in limbo and we're just kind of like our whole podcast is, is not even about, we're not professionals, anything at all Mm -hmm. right we're just like i always say it all the time like the people who listen are literally taking this journey step by step with us yeah always been interested in the paranormal and the strains we've had our own um experiences which kind of ushered in us doing this yeah from then on we we research cases we talk about them and we learn with everybody else Mm -hmm. and that's what it is you know that's what it's about yeah it's and it's then, definitely a journey, man. It's a, definitely a journey, for sure. And we're you know saving up to be able to go out and do things and and find our own stories. 
you know <laughs> the, the that's that's pretty much the 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 best advice i can give you is just like i said before go experience it yourself see what works see what doesn't work you know and um like what Bruce Lee said, you know, take what is useful and discard what is not, you know, as far as when it comes to learning and everything. So, you know, a lot of good teachings with all that. So it's it's definitely awesome. And, you know, everyone says it's just like, damn, you grew up like that. It's like, hell yeah, I wouldn't choose any other life, man. <laughs> you go against That's these awesome. dark beings. It's like, yeah. It's awesome. And we get a lot of things about like, you know, do you ever have elders or people, you know, get after you for sharing this information? It's like, hell yeah, we do. A lot of times our, our tribe and our traditions um, were, it was, it, our, our ceremonies and everything were illegal up until 1970. So what? we couldn't do, yeah, we couldn't do our ceremonies up until um, the 1970s when it was uh, American Indian Freedoms Act, Religion Act was enabled. So if we were to do our ceremonies, we would get tossed in jail. And plus everything that happened in residential schools, you speak your language, you lose your ceremony and everything. So that's why a lot of times our elders gatekeeped a lot of our languages and ceremonies and teachings and all this stuff. That's why you don't hear a lot about that. So, but we have come to find out that this generation is ready. The The hurt has been done. It's time for healing, time for understanding, time for sharing and knowledge. You know, we won't share everything. But we'll share enough what is needed for people to understand, you know, if you go against these things, this is how you protect yourself kind of thing. So, yeah. And I, I think I agree. I think uh, I think people I mean, obviously, your channel is getting big. People are receptive to it. Right. People people are interested in it. And I think it's I think it's a great thing. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Another main reason why I make these videos is for my kids. <laughs> my great grandkids and you know, all future generations that go on. Like uh, it's always a conversation I had with my brother is like, cause the last person to do this in our bloodline was my great grandmother who I mentioned before. Her father was the last guardian in our bloodline that did these ceremonies and did these things. Just like, damn, how awesome would it be if he had a YouTube channel back then? <laughs> you learn all these no stories and everything no like that. Out, man. So I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure each of the, your family and guardians have absolutely insane stories yeah, in, in so, dealing with these things. So all my future kids out there, be sure to do your homework and listen to your mom. <laughs> um, no doubt. I was listening to the ancient skins video and you had talked about when uh, a skinwalker, uh, skinwalker took a life of a buck, that mm -hmm. the spirit of the buck is kind of then kind of tossed into a bad place, you know? Yeah. Does does the same go for when the skinwalker takes the lives of people? Yes. That is something that, you know, how I mentioned before is when souls are very, um, I guess you could say, ripe for the picking. You know, there there's a lot of stories of how you know, they would go kill a, a newborn or twins or somebody who's going through, you know, a transitional period in their life. You know, they would gather their soul. And that's where it kind of gets more into the spiritual paranormal side of things is because in their ways, they have ways to trap the soul and sell it to, you know, whoever to be able to gain more power, more abilities to do these certain things. So, yeah, that 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 is something that's where... You know, the that buck in that certain uh, story 
was, I guess you can say it was in purgatory. Normally, like when you when you go hunting, you always thank the buck, you know, thank you for providing for us. You know, thank you for sacrificing your life so I can survive and provide for my family. So normally when you do that for an animal, it goes on to the happy hunting grounds or animal heaven, I guess you can say. Um, but when you do it in an unholy way that they do, that how they do like these evil dark things to the animal, you know, that that spirit is unrest. It's in purgatory, I guess you can say. So it, it, it got it wanted its revenge because normally in those teachings, those things can come back at you. And in a sense, that's what we did. We called upon that buck to be able to, okay, this person did this bad thing to you. So now go ahead and do whatever you wish to this person because this is what you deserve. You know, you deserve your peace. You deserve to be in this happy hunting ground. So in a sense, yeah, you know, they could do that for human spirits as well. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> locking people away in purgatory. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. We went to this one location in Arizona here. It was a jail and we did a paranormal investigation there. And there it wasn't a skinwalker or anything really indigenous related, but it was more of um I guess you could say a Christian devil that was there. He was part of the Arsquatia. And um, the demons that were in, um, I guess you can say this one general or king of hell, his name was Zagan. And one of his generals was there. And I guess he's in charge. He was in charge of that region. And so during that time, we, we were able to figure that out. He even said his name on the spirit box and everything. And so that whole time there were spirits in there calling out for help. They were like, help us. You know, we're stuck. God has forsaken us. God cannot save us. And there were so many of those spirits that were there. And so we were able to do a ceremony to be able to, we didn't, because it's not our location, we didn't kill that, that demon. We just pretty much pushed him against the a corner of the building. And we got all those spirits out of there and we set them free to wherever they went, whatever religion they went to, you know, heaven, or they went to go see all these other places, wherever their heaven is, you know, we put them, we set them on that journey and they went to wherever they needed to go. So, yeah, it, I guess you can say spiritual human trafficking is a thing. That's terrifying. God damn. Yeah. I'm not trying to deal with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, holy. A lot of times, you know, that, that stuff happens when you have an untimely death. So, I guess you can say everybody kind of has a fate, uh, has a clock on their lifespan. You die of natural causes of like normal old age and stuff like that. I don't know if you ever have people that are getting ready to pass away and then they start seeing, oh, it's my mom or, oh, it's my brother who passed away and everything. They say in our traditions, our teachings that they're getting ready to go. They're getting ready to take that next journey because those spirits came down to help guide them on their journey to the next world. And so, you know, when you have an untimely death, those spirits aren't there to take you on that next step. So when you say like you die in a car crash, you get killed, you get shot like that, your spirits aren't there to take you to that starting point to where you need to go for heaven or wherever. So you, a lot of times, like in the movie Ghost, um, <laughs> it was uh, Patrick Swayze, I think. Yeah. 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 So when that guy died, he was looking around. He didn't know he was dead 
a lot of times that's where you get a lot of hauntings from is because, you know, it's a wandering spirit that comes around. Now, in our traditions and our stories, too, we have beings in the spirit world called soul eaters. So soul eaters go around in the spirit world. And if you're a lost spirit that's like that, to make sure the spirit world doesn't get too cluttered, you know, they go in and they clean up whatever uh, spirits are wandering around like that. So when a spirit runs away from a soul eater, sometimes they'll go into a house that has a cross that has like Buddha or something or some kind of spiritual protection around it. And they'll hide in the house because that soul eater can't go in there. So that's where you get hauntings. You know, why is this random spirit in my house? It's like, oh, so-and-so died in here, but he doesn't want to leave. It's like, okay, well, his family doesn't know that he died. They don't know where he's at. So that's where you do the ceremony to get him to call upon the heavens to bring his family down to take him to his next spot. So it goes into that a lot of times. And so, you know, that's 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 kind of like a little pinch of like the paranormal side outside of Skinwalker stuff on how we see things. Goddamn spiritual Roomba. I got <laughs> I got to ask because now it's out there. Where do spirits go that are consumed by the soul eaters? Nowhere. Oh, that's there's nothing up. left. That's that's as far as I know. There's nothing left. That's heavy. That's heavy. So when, it's, when just, we, it's just like when, lights out. When we to, when we were when we were told, we because we got curious sometimes. We, we in ceremonies we ask our spirits too. It's like, what does heaven look like? And they're like, we're not allowed to tell you. You'll find out when your time comes. They always told us that. It's just like, dang man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, but they always told us, you know, that whenever you, a, a spirit goes and dies in the spirit realm, there's no life after that. So that's why we always give praise to the to the, our guardian angels that do come down, that go and fight for us. Because if they do die themselves, there's nothing after that. They they don't go anywhere. They just turn back and they go to the force, pretty much. You know, so it's we we always give them praise for you know somebody has a guardian angel that's always protecting them. You know, we would see that sometimes in, in public and then they would have a guardian angel. They would acknowledge us and we would acknowledge them back, you know, and salute them and say, you know, thank you for fighting for good. Yeah. So they're the real ones because you get, get got there. Then it's a gets game over. There's no restart button. And their love and their want to protect their loved ones and their family is so powerful that that doesn't matter to them. So oh, I, I was believe like, that. Yeah. So when you said that, it gave me goosebumps. Like, yeah, I believe that. Especially mm-hmm. when you put it in that context, it'd be like you having, like, a, me and Steve have children. So it'd be like us in the spiritual realm. Like, of course we'd give everything for our, oh, our yeah. family. Of course yep. we would. There was no fucking hesitation. Yep. Right. So that's, they, they, they have that love for everybody else. So, you know, awesome. I always pray for them. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, that's fucking awesome. Have you ever had any like super close calls with the skinwalker? I was gonna ask way too close. (sighs) Not really. No. That's good though. You're doing something right. If that's yeah. yeah. I've never had like, cause I always had my brother and my uncle nearby and you know, they, and, and a lot of times when you go onto the ranking or skill level of evil and darkness, 
you rank a skinwalker from one out of ten, they're a two. A lot of times a one as far as for how evil and bad things are on the reservation and what you could go against. There's there's even worse things, you know, I was compared to ask what a skinwalker is. <laughs> After so you said- of, yeah, so a lot of times they the skinwalkers like to prey on the weak. They like to prey on the scared, you know, the old grandma that's by herself or you know, the kids and everything that are over here, you know, if you go up to it and you face it head on with no fear, you know, you have your weapon, gun, whatever, you know, you can, you can go and wreak havoc on them. You know, it's just, they're, they're a lot of times they, they hit you from afar, they witch you from afar, or they, they do their tricks, you know, they get in your house and then they'll get you when you're sleeping or something like that. Not a lot of, frontal confrontation a lot of times they'll they'll indirectly get you kind of like assassins or you know like native ninjas in a sense kind of thing so i've had close encounters before but never with the skinwalker and have yet to meet one that was actually kind of close actually we filmed a youtube video about we took this one group out into the reservation they're they're called a tfil youtube group and we actually captured a skinwalker skin on that video. That's awesome. That is so, awesome. Let's go. So if you guys want to see that, like, because we've never actually taken thought about taking a camera and doing that stuff. So that's the first time. So if you guys ever want to see that, you know, I used my bow and arrow and I shot shot that at that thing. And, you know, yeah, I won't spoil too much, but <laughs> you, you get to see the skins. Gotta go YouTube. Gotta go YouTube yeah. and check it out. Yeah, exactly. It's coming out on Thursday, I think it is. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I know earlier you mentioned um, other entity, other metaphysical entities that are far worse. How often do you encounter those? Not, uh, depends. Sometimes you deal with them pretty often and not a lot. So there are natural darker entities that we like to call death spirits in the spiritual realm. So, excuse me, sorry. Well, you're all right. Yeah, there's um, death spirits. So in our traditions, when you die and you leave your body, there's a spirit, a death spirit that comes and claims your body. So... In our traditions in the Navajo culture, when you die, say you die in a Hogan or a traditional home, you and the, the family that's still alive have to leave that house because that spirit has pretty much taken over that house and that, that spirit owns it because the death spirit looks after the body. Say you, you go and bury the body. He is the one that looks after the body to make sure you decay all the way. He makes sure that you, you know, your bones and your skin goes away. And there's a lot of sacred teachings to go with that because if you were to die and a lot of times your brain is said that your brain still functions for like four days after you die. Uh, scientifically, that's just found out not recently, but we've kind of known that already. Um, that there's evil spirits that can go into your mind even after your spirit left, your your brain is still kind of processing. So an evil spirit can go into your mind, take your memories, take your voice, take all these things, and, and prey on your family after you die. So that's where, like, you would say, like, oh, Uncle Joey over here, you know, I heard his voice over here, but then something evil happened afterwards. 
So that's where, you know, an evil spirit came and took those brain uh, memories from his brain and all that, and then started playing, uh, playing against that against you. So that's what a death spirit is. There was one time we uh, went out to do a ceremony and we had to call upon a death spirit at this one house and somebody passed away of intoxication, unfortunately, in a home. And so it was an untimely death. So we did have to set up the ceremony to call upon his family spirits to take him on that journey. And we also had to call upon a death spirit too, to where darkness, he can take care of the body after they bury him and everything. So when we were doing the ceremony, I remember we had a fire outside because in our ceremonies, we use uh, charcoal and ash in our ceremonies as well. And my brother, I remember he was singing his songs and it was a pretty, it was a full moon outside. And in the living room, there was a window that went outside and you see blinds right there. And as he was, he, he sang the song that called upon the death spirit. And when that happened, there was somebody that walked across the blinds outside the window. You see the silhouette of somebody walking. And there's nobody, like how I said, on the reservation, you don't have neighbors. You don't have anybody around you. And this was like one or two o'clock in the morning. No one's going to be walking around. So they real slowly, it's just something that you see like out of a conjuring movie or something, dude. I swear I saw this and I was just like, oh, <laughs> you know, the family was right there. They, they all pointed, they looked at it. And then my brother started singing louder. And as he started singing louder, the door was locked, but you start you start seeing the door kind of jiggle like that. That death spirit wanted to come in the house and take more souls with him. So that, that that's where you have to like, you have to know the songs to be able to, the death spirit has its roles, but it's one of those in between things to where sometimes it'll take more than what, what you, they need to. So that's where he's saying, started singing the protection songs to make sure that death spirit didn't come in and do that. So the, the death spirit is just, I would have to say like it's around the four or five kind of range, but it's a natural deity, but it can go against you and try to take to other stuff. And there's other death spirits, you know, you have the Grim Reaper, you know, you have all these other religions from death spirits out there as well. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild, man. So I've, we have our creation stories of other beasts and monsters that kind of roam the lands and everything. Those ones are like the higher, higher level beings and, giants thunderbirds mini horn monster big lizard and all these other spiritual beings and deities that were monsters that used to go and kill people a long time ago so lots of stories like that man that's awesome that is awesome yeah (laughs) and that's just from the navajo tribe you know other tribes have their stories (laughs) i love it and a lot of it seems like i don't know what do you do you think there's bleed over like between tribes and religions and it's essentially the same thing. It's just, everybody's calling it something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing that's always kind of happened. Like, especially with the tribes here, like they're, you know, a lot of people that's why, like, I don't, I don't see why people have wars over religion. It's just like, what if you're all right? You know, (laughs) you know, we have our deities, our demigods in our stories. We have, um, the twins, twin warriors, and two boys that went out to go kill all these monsters uh, before all these times. And then in our religion or in our traditions, you know, we had those beasts, like how I mentioned before, they went out to go kill those. So I guess you can say there were 
related, not related, but on the same topic of as Hercules and all these other warriors that went to go kill these monsters that were here a long time ago. You know, Asia has those, Japan has those, you know, warriors that would go out and kill these monsters and put them somewhere. So, you know, it's, it's, they call, you know, they call it creator, they call it God, they call it Allah, you know, it's, it's all in a sense, you know, there's one creator, but then there's different factions of, you know, there's a creator, then there's gods, then there's demigods and all these other spiritual beings and deities and hierarchies that go with all those things, the protectors of certain areas and jurisdictions of different tribes, you know, there's, there's so many different things. And it's just like, it's hard to say there's just one thing out there, you know, that overrules everything, you know, it's just like, it just the puzzle pieces don't fit for that to work out, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so, Steve, you got anything else, man? I could talk all night, honestly, because I'm just, I, I love hearing the experiences of it and just soaking in the history and the knowledge. For sure. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go to the YouTube is what I'm going to have to do, right? <laughs> it's definitely uh, like these, these stuff are like stuff I want to cover in, in my, you know, my YouTube channel, just to talk about these things. And like I said, we could talk all night about these things. Oh, for sure. And there's like so many different stories and all that. And, you know, I just encourage your listeners out there, you know, wherever you come from, share your experiences and share what you've learned and everything, because sharing experiences like this is what's going to open up, you know, our experiences to knowledge and learning more and seeking understanding because I, I refuse to believe that the spirit world is not real because I've seen some shit. <laughs> right. Right. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Steve and I have seen some weird shit as well experienced things when we were children and and we now that we're kind of delving into this head first i mean things come knocking at the door once in a while you know and yeah. it's it's hard because we don't have like steve and i don't have uh like a solid background like a foundation like you do mm -hmm. you have like Oh, kind of in a way, like an encyclopedia to reference to a degree where me and Steve are like out in the ether and there'll yeah. be things that are happening and we're like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't have a clue. We don't have, you know, cause we had strings of, uh, our boys seeing the same thing in two different houses mm -hmm. you know, and there was a, a, a man in the doorway and then Steve had a fucking terrifying sleep paralysis dream situation of a massive entity that was going through his house and yeah ducking under the the door frame and his old lady was saying well, what was she saying like <laughs> it, it keeps changing its name yeah, she said you need to be careful it keeps changing its name it keeps changing its name and i'm mm -hmm. like i don't even know what that means like no what am i supposed to do with that information at that point you know <laughs> we'll just think about that thing i told you about the skinwalkers about the different faces yeah. right now changes its name to be able to make sure it covers itself. Yep. Right. Right. And then you hear that in exorcisms too, whenever they, they ask for the name of the demon that's inhabiting the person. So they know how to combat that thing. Yep. That Dude, is just old teaching right there. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like, you know, even though we're, 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 we come from across the seas and everything from where all that originated, you know, spirituality, you find a lot of things that are similar with a lot of things just called different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
looking exactly. like kind of looking at the same things through different glasses a little bit. Yep. It's, it's fucking. It's a wild world, man. It's it's crazy out there, and I mean, just like you, I've had some absolute horrifying experiences, mainly in the, my youth. Like it, mm-hmm. me and Steve have had some weird shit happen, but nothing to the caliber as to when I was younger. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just this seems like for some people, it's just a lifetime of just strange. It just follows you around, mm-hmm. you know? And then we had, we had a crazy set of experiences and, uh, yeah, some, I don't know what you would classify him as. Uh, I, I don't know what branch he works for, but he's a pretty clandestine person. Yeah. And we were, we had to sit down and have a conversation with him one night and we were talking, I was telling him everything that was happening and he just, and you gotta, you gotta keep in mind, like he's a, like a CIA type operative dude. Yeah. And he sits there, he pauses and he's like, Maybe you and Steve are, are soul brothers and you were meant to do this for eternity. Hell yeah. And like I sat there for a minute and I should have said it, but in my head I'm thinking, what the fuck does this guy know that I don't? <laughs> it's like, he's, you know what I'm saying? Like he's this mm. like operative type dude who comes from the military and the CIA and shit. And he's just like, huh, maybe you guys are soul brothers and you were meant to do this for eternity. Like, yeah, man. Like, well, what the hell? You meet people like that, you know, it's just like you, you, you connect on a different level and it's just trying to find, it's, it's rare to find that because, you know, those teachings and those knowledge that kind of, that bond that you build is very, very special. So, right. you know, I wish you guys all the best of luck with that and your guys' journey that you guys are going to be going. I'm excited for you guys because <laughs> it sounds like you guys are in it for a long one, but, you know, it's going to be an adventurous journey, I think, for you too. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, we've been doing this for, what, four years now? Four and a half. Nice. Four and a half years. And like I said, lifetime of weird shit. Uh, a lot of it seems to be more on the ET side of things. Yeah. Now now that we're diving, though, it, it seems to be getting more spiritual mm-hmm. and very, which is cool. Like, it, it has completely changed my life and the way that I interact with the world. I'm, I'm far more appreciative of things, you know, and I, I can't say that I... 100% subscribe to a specific religion, but I 100% believe that there's something out there. And one thing you'll learn to come to find out in your journey is extraterrestrials and spiritual beings are not that different. Yeah. We've been, we've been hearing that mm-hmm. done a lot of research in it and that there are some weird parallels that seem to keep manifesting. That's a little seed I'll plant for you guys of indigenous knowledge. I won't go too much into it. But. I knew. I, that's why I asked right off the rip. I'm like, there's, there's got to be something. Got to be something. That's, a, that's as much as I'll tell about that. I'll let you guys put the pieces together after that in your journey. But yeah. Oh, shoot, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, oh, dude. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. Like, I love having these type of conversations, man. I love meeting people like you guys. Absolutely. You know, that are that are just open to having these conversations. So I, you know, I just want to say again, thank you guys so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Pleasure's all ours. For, for sure. And right back at you. I, I wish nothing but the best for you. I hope your your channel keeps blowing up and you get to be 
a big legend in in the area of it. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. It really does mean a lot. It's just going out and doing the soloing and you know being one of the first to talk about these things is definitely a scary road, but you know I'm up for it. So Hell yeah. I just want to say you guys are the first podcast I've ever done anything for my channel. So you guys will be my first. Awesome, man. <laughs> awesome. It's it's. I'm glad that we get to be that. And dude, if anything ever arises in the future and you want to talk about it, uh, or you ever just want to hang out again, shoot me a message. We have each other on Instagram. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, we've spent a lot of time like going through history and stuff. I'm like, we're going to have to probably do a part two sometime and get <laughs> into the encounters. and. Heck yeah, man. So you guys ever go to the Reds? You want to go see some skinwalkers? I'll take you. You know, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I've already driven out there once. I'll do it again. You know, let me know, man. Let me know. You, yeah, we, we, we follow each other on Instagram. So yeah, for sure. Be awesome. For sure. Oh, yeah. Dude. Awesome. But if you want to go ahead, punch out all your socials and everything again, sell yourself. Yeah. So come watch your stuff. Yeah, so if you guys want to check out more of the stories um, that I'm going to be sharing, I'm going to be going into more of our indigenous uh, cryptid beings, I guess you could say. You can find me on uh, Sean Clen Shadow Productions on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So um, if you ever have a message or question, just hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I'm normally on there all the time. If you want to do a podcast, let me know there too. But everyone that's listening to this one, go share this podcast. Go subscribe and share these guys' podcasts. Make it be number one. That's right. I love it. Again, thank you so much for hanging out and sharing your knowledge and being patient with us with our questions and stuff like that. It means a lot to us to just, for you to just kind of fill us in on a lot of things that we were unaware of. Yeah, no problem, man. So I I just love sharing our perspective and, you know, hopefully out, out there in the future, we can get to learn more other perspectives that are out there in the world. Absolutely. I think that that would heal the world quite a bit if people oh, yeah. had that same <laughs> perspective. Yeah. But that being said, Hollow Cult, um, we're going to wrap it up there. So check us out at all our socials. You know the drill. Um, again, thank you so much, Conklin. It's been a pleasure. And Hollow Cult, stay safe, stay weird, and Go uh, over to the YouTube and the Instagram and show Sean Clinton Shadow Productions a little bit of love.